Welcome to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Bottoms Up Cubs podcast in tune with the team's pipeline. From the minor league results and development to the draft, international signings, and anything else that helps lead to Pre-Arb Excellence, I'm there for it. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Andy Weber and Second Day Bats, which focuses on a Cubs prospect and a hopeful trend in the system. If you have any questions about this episode or anything else in the pipeline, ask me through the app at Tim815 on Twitter or at Pre-Arb Excellence on Facebook. I'm about education, and if I can educate someone on the minutiae of Major League Baseball today, I've done something right. Some of my podcasts start off with just a germ of an idea. Maybe it's a Maybe, maybe it's the tail end, or maybe it's the starter. Maybe it's a nice little tiny nugget. Today's is a bit different. I have a long-form idea. And from the long-form idea, I picked out a prospect that would kind of work along the lines of developing said topic. But I needed an opening or a closing, either one. Either one would have worked. So I contacted South Bend Cubs second in command from the broadcast booth, Brendan King, and asked him if he had any stories on 2018 Cubs fifth round draft pick Andy Weber, a shortstop. He was the primary shortstop on the 2019 league champion, Midwest League champions last year. I figured since he played the entire year with South Bend, he probably had something that happened, something that was interesting, something that was kind of memorable, worth hanging on to. And I left a message with, uh, left a IM with Brendan, and he sent me a response, which will serve as today's trailer. I think it works rather well. Weber was a good ACC middle infielder in college. If you're a good infielder in the Atlantic Coast Conference, you're probably good enough to be a pro to some level. And if you're good enough at the ACC, you're probably worth a draft pick at some point along the line. So, how good was Weber? He was fairly good as a freshman through junior in the loaded conference. His OPS was 636 as a freshman. Yeah, not so good. 744 as a sophomore. Hey, that's better. 951 as a junior. Hey, if you're dialing up a 951 OPS and playing adequate defense in the Southeast, uh, in the Atlantic Coast Conference, or the SEC, or the Pac-12, or the Big 12, you probably deserve a pro look. And Weber was selected in the fifth round, which seems to make sense. That's a, if, uh, if you're assessing um, risk and talent and upside and all that kind of stuff, Fifth round is right about where you would get if you have a rather good 
ACC shortstop, which is what he was, the 2018 draft, the fifth round, and where they all come together, it's going to be most of the rest of the podcast with the Weber Nugget at the end. I hope you're enjoying the PR of Excellence Cubs podcast as much as I am bringing them to you. There are two ways you can help extend the reach of the podcast. Share the link with a like-minded friend. I check every day to see how many followers I have, and as the numbers go up, I'm happy. Secondly, Anchor allows sponsorships for podcasts if you're interested in helping out in that fashion. Thanks for considering it. When Theo Epstein took over with the Cubs, the lean became early on draft a bat early and pitchers in bulk thereafter. That was completely how it happened in 2012, in 2013, in 2014, 2015 and 2016. It went hyper insane that way. Uh, or no, 2015, 2016 and 2017, it was just absurd how many pitchers they were taking. Why were they taking so many pitchers? Because the pitching hadn't developed yet. The pitching was still far behind the offense. The pitching still hasn't des- delivered a whole bunch of quality to the major league level, which is kind of unfortunate. And by prioritizing pitchers by numbers over hitters, the offense in the pipeline has suffered quite a bit. 2018 was the exception. In 2018, of the first 10 rounds, the Cubs had 12 draft selections. Seven were hitters, five were pitchers. The hitters, some of them are rather familiar to you. Nico Horner, Brendan Davis, Cole Roeder, Andy Weber, Jimmy Heron, DJ Artis, and Luke Reynolds. Jimmy Heron has already been traded to Colorado for international signing space, which the Cubs are still spending to put out the best two teams they possibly can in the Dominican Summer League starting in eh, late May, early June, whichever it is. I think it's early June. Um, five, the five, they have they drafted five pitchers as well. That's the only campaign the Cubs have drafted more hitters than pitchers in the first 10 rounds. Realistically, if you're running a proper organization and everything is caught up and up to where it should be, your first 10 pitchers or your first 10 selections ought to be five and five, six and four, almost all the time, unless there's a specific reason for it. For a certain year. For instance, if there's a year where there are just loaded bats, just absolutely loaded, it's loaded with hitting, then you might want to go 7-3. But most of the time, the tops, top 10 should go 6-4, 4-6, 5-5. Either way, something like that, because that indicates, though it doesn't clinch, that indicates you're taking the best available player. You want to take the best available player regardless who it is, and as you're putting together a system, you're probably better off 
having the numbers about even because you're going to need pitching. You're going to need hitting at some of the levels regardless anyway. So since in the eight, so uh, fifth rounds since 2012, only two have been hitters. Hence, six have been pitchers. Weber was one. 2017 Nelson Velasquez, who also played for South Bend last year, is the other who has been a 27, uh, who has been a fifth round bat. All the other fifth round bats, all the other sixth round picks have been pitchers. Some of them have done fairly well. Justin Steele was one of them. He's on the 40-man roster and has a bit of upside. That might end up working out really well. Or it might not. You never know until everything all plays out. My hope with the players in upcoming drafts is there is a lean toward balance. And since the Cubs have had so much struggle developing pitching, if you're going to take a bias, if you're going to go with something over the other, it almost makes more sense to go with the thing that you're actually good at instead of the thing that you're not good at. The pitching has been getting better. As I look forward to who's going to be starting for the four full season affiliates come April, most of the starting pitchers are going to be of interest most of the relief pitchers who are going to come in for South Bend, Myrtle Beach, Tennessee, or Iowa are also going to be of interest. It's not like the pitchers are rubbish. It's not like they're hopeless. They kind of were back in the day. It's gotten a whole lot better. But it takes some time. It's, not, it's almost there, and hopefully whether through the draft or international signings, the Cubs are going to have some call-ups that are doing better in 2020 and beyond. Developing your own is huge in affiliated baseball anymore. Weber is a fifth rounder that's fought through to the full season level. He should be the shortstop for Myrtle Beach. As for how he's going to do, I'm a whole lot better at seeing last July than I am seeing this May. He could be better than the advanced A level, or he could struggle a lot. It's all going to depend upon his health, his adjustments, the pitchers he's against, and just pure dumb luck. Following a pipeline is best done if you're actually following the pipeline. I strongly recommend, strongly recommend, pick a day a week. Maybe pick a night when the Cubs are starting a pitcher you're not interested in. Or maybe pick a night when the Cubs are off. Or maybe something else. Pick an affiliate. Pick one affiliate game per week. Base it on whatever you want. The starting pitching you want to hear how Andy Weber from Vir University of Virginia does in Myrtle Beach. Whatever your reasoning is. Maybe you want to check on Miguel Amaya. Whatever your, your reasoning is. Whichever affiliate you take, I'll completely back you. And whichever affiliate you 
choose to follow on a certain night because the announcers all get the job done. The games are all worth following as far as an education standpoint. And if you're willing to accept audio, which a lot of people are going to have to start doing if they don't have marquee network anyway, listening to a game where you're going to get educated as opposed to a game where you're going to get upset and bitter and hostile, I'd much prefer education to getting hostile. So I asked Brendan, what is his Andy Weber memory? He said, all season he was talking about how, as a shortstop, he wanted to do the Derek Jeter play. No, 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 not the one diving into the stands, into the fourth row and taking out your jaw and a couple people making the play. Not that, the Derek Jeter play. The Derek Jeter play Andy Weber wanted to make was go deep into the hole, plant the foot, jump, throw, get the runner by a half a step. He said that all year that he wanted to do that. Funny how things happen sometimes. Didn't happen in April, didn't happen in May, or June, or July, or August. However, September rolled around. South Bend had won their first two postseason games, sweeping Bowling Green. The next round was against Great Lakes, the um, Dodgers affiliate, and in a game where there's a runner on second and South Bend was up 4-1 to in the fourth inning. There was a ground ball deep into the hole. Weber ranges, grabs the ball, plants, jumps, throws. He's out! Inning over. Crisis averted. And as the game tightened up later and South Bend ended up winning 6-4, to four, Andy Weber's Derek Jeter play mattered. South Bend swept the postseason, and if you type in on Twitter, Andy Weber Jeter, using one B, you'll see the play. It's worth seeing. He wanted it all year. He wanted the chance. He got the chance. He stuck the landing. I hope I did. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. It means quite a bit to you, to me, that you chose to press play or click subscribe. My goal is to be a go-to source for the Cubs pipeline development. And questions are welcome, encouraged, either through the podcast or on Twitter at Tim815. Next time, I'll have another episode that hopefully you consider worth your time. Till then, enjoy. Be nice to people.